Welcome to Body Peace Collective. If you are feeling tired and worn down from the constant pressure to shrink, grow, tone, manipulate, or alter your body in any way, then I am so glad you are here. I'm Erin Palmer. I'm an exercise scientist, fitness instructor, mother, and a total sucker for good food. And I created Body Peace Collective to be a place for you to come and gain perspective and learn powerful tools to help you establish a healthy, respectful relationship with your body so that you can put your valuable energy into things that truly matter. You don't have to waste a single minute more trying to make your body be what you think everyone else wants it to be. You can get started on your journey to body peace right now. Um, This podcast episode is episode number 15. And today we're going to talk about when accepting your body feels like giving up. Uh, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I came across a conversation that was happening in an online community about intuitive eating and making peace with your body. And the host of this conversation, she was a woman who has made a living off of helping other people um, develop their own macro counting diets. And she felt like the people who are talking about intuitive eating and making peace with your body on the internet were shaming her for wanting to take care of her body. And as I read through the comments, I learned that there were so many other women who felt the same way. And this made me kind of sad because I think that there's enough shame in the world with our bodies, um, that getting shame from either side, from the diet side or from the anti-diet side or the intuitive eating side is, is not what we're going for. And so I just wanted to say, I hope that I've never said anything that has made, um, has made you feel that way. It's never been my intention to make you feel ashamed of the way you eat or, um, ashamed for wanting a different body. I think that those are, very natural, natural things that happen as a result of the world we live in. But either way, I just don't want to be the source of shame for you in that. So if I have ever been, I apologize. I'm I'm not here to tell you what you should do with your body. In fact, that goes against the entire essence of intuitive eating. I think a lot of times people think that intuitive eating is just about this exterior relationship with food, this relationship with food that people can see, right? That you stop when you're full and you eat when you're hungry and you have a variety of foods, all of those things. Um, But the core of intuitive eating is actually less about food than you think. (laughs) It's, It's about coming to know yourself and to trust yourself and to use the feelings and the emotions and the sensations that are in your body to fuel you to become your most authentic self. As the more you learn to listen to your body and understand what it needs, and the more you block out all of the external messaging that's telling you what your body should look like and what you should consume, the more in tune you will be with your most authentic self. And you won't need to look to anyone else to know whether or not you're good enough. And you won't need anyone else to love you in order for you to love yourself. You will just know yourself so well and you'll respect and honor yourself so much that you will move and nourish and rest your body in a way that is energizing and fulfilling to you. So, 
if macros works for you or if paleo or intermittent fasting works for you, then I'm sincerely so happy for you. If you can look back on your life and say, I did everything I wanted to do. I served and contributed to the world in the way that I wanted to serve and contribute. And I loved all the people that I wanted to love. And I felt loved by the people I wanted to be loved by. Then what you're doing is working for you, right? If you can tell yourself that I'm not letting anything hold me back from going after the big and the little dreams that are in my heart. I feel at home in my own body. And if I died today, I could be happy, proud, and satisfied with all the things I'm doing and how I'm spending my time. Then good for you. Sincerely, that means what you're doing is working, right? Or if you can have a bad day on the scale or a bad day with your food quotas and still feel really good about your life and not have that distract you at all from your purpose, then what you're doing is working. So if you can say yes to all those things, then there's no reason for you to feel shame, right? You do you and own it. The reason that I talk about intuitive eating and the reason why I feel so passionately about intuitive eating is because I've just met so many women who are so fed up with trying every kind of diet in order to squeeze their way into happiness or belonging or connection by altering their body size and shape. I talk about these things over and over again because I'm one of the hundreds of thousands of women whose ideas of what an ideal body looked like or our incorrect ideas and understanding of health turned out to be shackles for us, right? They kept us prisoners to ideas that controlled our everyday life and our emotions. So if you feel like I've tried everything and nothing has worked for me, and I've never been able to live authentically according to what I feel is my best life, then I just want you to know that there's another option. I just want you to be aware of that. I I see women who have so much goodness to offer the world, but they can't see past the number on the scale. And they've dedicated their entire lives to changing that number. I see women and I know women who don't even know what they like or who they want to be, They just know they don't want to be fat. And sometimes I leave conversations with friends or with clients and my heart feels so heavy because of what you're carrying. And I guess I just want to let you know that you don't have to carry that. All of those expectations for perfection are illusions and they're constructs and you don't have to buy into any of it. You can choose right now to opt out and to do something different. Here's the problem. When I tell women this, I would assume that they would feel free. And what's interesting is that they do. They feel relief for about five seconds, and then they start to panic. Because all of a sudden, they say, if I stop dieting and if I stop trying to change my body, then won't I just be letting myself go? Like, how can I take care of my health if I'm not trying to lose weight? I think that there are several reasons why making peace with our body and accepting ourselves as we are in this moment feels so scary. And I just want to touch on three of those today and and kind of go through some things of maybe some thoughts that you can use to kind of try to reframe those ideas. So 
I think that one of the reasons why accepting our body as it is can feel so scary is because it means that all of the time that we've spent chasing a different body, it makes it feel like wasted time, right? If we just accept who we are right now, that means that all of those hours and years of counting and measuring and weighing and running and stair-stepping were for nothing, right? If, if we never arrived at our ideal body, was it all a waste? What, what was it all for, right? Letting go of a part of our identity is soul-shifting. In fact, people go to therapy for it for years sometimes, right? We hear about people who are um, have defined themselves by one part of themselves, maybe either their religion or their gender or their re- a relationship in their life or maybe even a physical ability. And then at times that is taken from them or that is shifted. And it is a life-altering experience. And I think that when we've learned to define our worth and our personal value based on our body, or when we define our worth and our value based on our efforts to control and manipulate our body, in a way, we've created an identity for ourselves in that. And we've, we've literally learned to define ourselves by those actions. And, and when we have to erase that and start over again, it can feel really, really scary. So what was it all for, right? All of that dieting, all of, all of that time spent trying to change your body in the past, it, was it just a waste or, or can it be used for something greater? Here's what you did learn. You learned what didn't work. You learned diet and diet again that the size of your body didn't actually determine your happiness because nothing changed even when your body did. You also learned that you have a body that will take care of you at all costs, regardless of what you're doing to her. You learned that she had your back and that she still does. She's still here, isn't she? What else did you learn? How else did you change? In what ways are you a better person or can you use those experiences to become a better person? I want you to just take a minute and think about that. What what did dieting take from you? And what can you take back by reclaiming your own body as your own? I think another reason why accepting our body as it is feels so scary is because we find a sense of purpose in dieting. It gives us something to fill our minds and our days with, right? When we have that empty space, when we stop counting and we stop measuring and we stop anticipating what we're going to eat when and how we're going to fit this workout into our day and all of those things, all of a sudden when we have that empty space in our brains, we have to do the work to find out what we really want to make of our lives. We sometimes have to come face to face with emotions that we've been trying to bury or drown out with the busyness and the efforts of dieting. In a way, dieting is easy, 
right? It's measurable goals that can be checked off and recorded in a neat and succinct and organized way. Unlike true health, which requires consistent checking in multiple times a day with our emotional and physical and mental well-being, right? So dieting is a way, is a way to control and to be organized, and it can feel scary to kind of step away from that. What's most ironic, actually, is that letting go of dieting and adopting a more personalized individual approach of intuitive eating actually results in better health and more life purpose. There was a study done in 2006 and intuitive eaters were found to eat a more diverse diet overall and they also had a lower body mass index than non-intuitive eaters. And another interesting study is a meta-analysis of 24 intuitive eating studies. So they took 24 studies of intuitive eating and they analyzed them and they had this rubric or this way to measure. Um, and, and what they found is that in these 24 studies that were published between 2006 and 2015, they found that intuitive eating was associated with the following benefits, greater body appreciation and satisfaction, positive emotional functioning, greater life satisfaction, unconditional self-regard and optimism, psychological hardiness, essentially resilience or grit, and then greater motivation to exercise when the focus is on enjoyment rather than guilt of appearance, guilt or appearance, excuse me. So it's interesting that, that while it may feel scary, right, to let go of dieting because all of a sudden it kind of leaves this vacuum space this, this open space of time and energy and mental effort, um, all of that energy and mental effort and space can be filled trying to repair that relationship with yourself, trying to improve your relationship with your body and improve your relationship with food. And as you do that, ultimately, you have greater health overall. You have all those things that we just listed, more positive emotional functioning, greater life satisfaction, um, psychological hardiness, greater motivation to exercise, all of those things come as a result of getting rid of those tit-for-tat measuring sticks of dieting and learning how to operate and trust your own self. There are several other reasons why I think accepting your body can feel really scary. And I actually think it's really important for each one of us to get really clear about what your personal reasons are. I've just touched on a few really simple ones today, but I think that there are hundreds. Um, and I think it's important to recognize specifically for you what yours are. Why are you afraid to accept your body as it is? But the last, the final reason that I wanted to talk about today is that accepting our body can feel so scary because it goes against the social rules. When, when we see the way that other women are treated or criticized when they go against the status quo or when they quote unquote step out of line by breaking gender or religious or social stereotypes, um, that can instill some fear in us right? We might even be some of those people 
who are criticizing other women for breaking the rules. For example, when we think, oh, she should not be wearing that, or she's too big to pull off something like that, you're essentially telling that woman to get back in line and to play the role that everyone else is telling her to play. What's so dangerous about that is that we are subconsciously setting those same expectations for ourselves as well. And we're projecting those thoughts on the people around us towards ourselves. How dare she love herself at that size? How dare she feel comfortable in her skin looking like that? How dare she go for that goal or date that guy or post that picture, etc.? When we judge other women in this way, those same questions come back to haunt us because we project those ideas to the people around us and we project those questions towards ourselves. What if we love ourselves and no one else does? What if we decide to ditch diets and decide to make peace with our bodies and people judge us? What if we decide that our body is good but our mother or our stepmother or our husband or whoever reminds us that we are unhealthy. Those are all really, really valid and really painful concerns. But I want to tell you a quick story. One of my children was born with a little more sass and a little more spunk than the rest. And she is incredibly assertive and even a little aggressive. <laughs> And when she was with other children or even with other adults, she would just say it like it was. And I mean, she would get up in your face and she would let you know if she felt like what you did was unfair. And she had no problem giving you a piece or 10 pieces of her mind. And I worried about it. It was a stark contrast to um, my other child who was a lot more... Um, docile and and sweet and amiable. And so, yeah, I, I worried about it. And I thought, what if everyone thinks my child is a snot? What if all the other moms think I'm a bad mom? What if, what if, what if? And in my mind, I started to define her as my difficult child. And when I would come upon disagreements with her siblings, I would automatically assume that it was her fault because she was the spicy one, right? And I would watch her very closely when she played with other children, and I would often jump in to smooth things over and make her apologize if there was, if there were any, there was any disagreement or, or any issue. And, and while this maybe helped to pad my parenting ego, because, I mean, at least I was doing something, right? This began to really hurt my relationship with this little child that I love so, so much. And ironically, it seemed only to be reinforcing the behavior and making it worse. And one day when I was really reflecting on, on this relationship and, and thinking about how I could be better, I realized that my insecurity about what other people thought about my child and about me as a parent was actually harming the only relationship that mattered. And that was the relationship with my child. And when I realized this, I decided that I had to make a change. I had to rewrite who she was in my brain. And so I decided instead of um, labeling her as the things I had labeled her with previously, I decided that she was my confident, 
daring social justice warrior child. <laughs> and as I started to rewrite these ideas in my brain about her and think about her in a different way, I once again started to worry, what if I think she's amazing, but everyone else thinks she's a terror? <laughs> that would be so embarrassing for me to be this mom that's completely oblivious to, to my child. But then I remembered that running my life and my relationship based off of what other people could be thinking was ruining that important relationship. Because how I thought about my child, it determined how I showed up as her mother. And I wanted to be a mother with rules and expectations, definitely. But I also wanted to be a mother who showed love and mercy and room for forgiveness and growth. And in order to truly do that, I had to let go of what other people thought of her and of me. I am happy to say that over the last year of me trying so hard to do that, my relationship with that child has changed drastically, but she has also changed drastically. She has grown into herself. I gave her space to become who she was always destined to become. And I truly believe that it's the same with each one of us. How do you show up for yourself right now? Has worrying about other people's opinions of you helped you show up in a more loving and compassionate way for yourself in the past? Has it allowed you to grow and learn and make mistakes and improve from those mistakes? Because the truth is that what everyone else thinks about you is none of your business. But what you think about yourself is everything. It determines everything. So while it may feel so, so scary to let go and to say, I'm going to accept myself for who I am, regardless of what other people think about that. I promise you that you showing up for yourself makes a huge difference. It creates space for you to become who you were always meant to be. This isn't voodoo science. This is, this is legitimate. Like when you allow yourself When you give yourself space to be human and to show up as you really are, not as who you are trying to be necessarily, but just as you really are, that is where true connection comes. That's where true growth comes. That's where true self-compassion and self-acceptance comes. And with all of those things, you become the best version of you. Going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this podcast, it is natural, it is so natural to want to change ourselves and to hope that the next diet or the next exercise bikini body guide will help us find happiness and acceptance and connection. We've been sold that message so many times. And and accepting ourselves for who we are may on the outside look and feel like we're giving up on that connection and that love and that better life. But I swear to you (laughs) 
that that life is available to you right now. And it is not conditional upon your body, but it is conditional upon how you feel about your body. You cannot access those things until you learn to see yourself as you truly are a person of worth and value and potential and all of those other beautiful things. Lastly, I just want to thank all of you who have gone in and left a review. That means so, so much to me. Like I've said before, I will never do advertisements or anything like that on this podcast. Um, that's just not my style. However, I, I am trying to make this something that is available to more women, that more women can listen to and connect with and hear about. And your reviews, putting in reviews and giving ratings um, makes all the difference for me. And it's easy. It's something you can do from your phone. Um, and it's something that I would appreciate so, so, so much. So if you have a minute, um, please do that just so that we can make this podcast more easily findable um, for people who are looking. So thank you so much and have an awesome, awesome week. We'll talk to you next week.